be seated. Take your copy of God's Word and open to the New Testament, please, the book of Matthew, and find the very last chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. And we're going to begin today with a a little game together, if that's all right. We're going to play a word association game, and I want you to talk back to me. Now, I know normally you don't talk in church, and growing up, if any of us talked in church, we'd get in trouble, but I'm giving you the okay right now, all right? So I want you to talk back to me uh, a little bit as we play this game, and I'm going to give you a brand or a trademark, and I want you to give me just one word that that company represents. I want you to give me their product, all right? So I don't think it'll be too difficult. So again, I want you to talk back to me, and uh, let's just do one for an example. So I'm going to give you a brand or a trademark. You use one word, talk back to me what that company represents, what their product is. You ready? Starbucks. Oh. Y'all did pretty good. <laughs> Bat in a thousand. I thought somebody might say expensive. Anyway, uh, let's try another one. Toyota. Oh. Rolex. Oh. Krispy Kreme. Oh. <laughs> Y'all are doing really good. I think you're still... All right, let's do another one. Ready? The church. Mm. That was a little bit harder than Krispy Kreme, isn't it? We, uh, we got down the donut part, but what about the church? What one word do we use to describe the church? What's the product, if you will, of the church? Well, I'd like to submit to you this morning one word... Um, And that word would be disciples. Disciples. The church is supposed to be producing disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, if you were here last week, you know we started a brand new series that we're simply calling Ships. And we're looking at some of the various good ships that are evident in our lives. And last week we talked about the Good Ship Fellowship. And this morning, if you haven't already figured it out, we're going to be talking about, we're going to set sail on the good ship, discipleship. And we're going to be looking together today at this whole idea about making disciples. Discipleship is about what, this is what we're supposed to be about here today. We're supposed to be making disciples. And so we're going to look together at the words of the Lord Jesus, the last words in the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter, beginning at verse uh, 18. And if you've been in church or around church, uh, for any amount of time, this, this is a familiar passage. It's often referred to as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And in Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And this kind of answers the question to why do we do what we do here? Uh, Why do we seek to get people to put their faith in Jesus Christ? And then why do we go about this whole process of baptism and church membership and all these things? Well, because the Bible tells us to, because the Lord Jesus instructed us to. He said, go therefore and make disciples. Now, disciple is, at the very simplest level, a follower, a learner of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
uh, we might understand it in today's term as being an apprentice, someone who learns and follows and, and does what the one who is leading them to do. And so we are to be making followers, learners of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into this whole idea of discipleship and talk to you about how we're to make disciples. And it's all laid out for us here very plainly in the words of the Lord Jesus. And we notice, first of all, that we're to make disciples by going. By going. It says that go, therefore. Go, therefore. Now, you probably know that the New Testament was not originally written in English. Uh, it was written in Greek. And we have an English translation. And in the Greek that it was written in, when it says go, therefore, it's not the idea of... Um, uh, going once and being done. You know, go, do it, and come back. Um, it's the idea of going. You might say it this way, while you're going or as you're going. Now, there are times where we intentionally go out to make disciples. We might go on a mission trip somewhere. We might go out on a soul-winning uh, effort. Um, and there are those times that we say we're going to be intentional about going out and sharing the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to go and share the gospel. But beloved, I want you to understand what Jesus says here is not so much go on a mission trip once in a while. What Jesus is saying here is as you're going through life, as you're going through your day-to-day -day life, whether you're at work or school or on the golf course or at the grocery store or the pharmacy or at Walmart, if that's where you spend a lot of your time, as you're going through life, go and make disciples. In other words, be eager to share your faith. Be eager to share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ as the opportunity arises as you're going throughout your life. Be ready to share the Gospel. And since our paths have crossed this morning, I've got to do that with you. I've got to share the Gospel. I get to share the Gospel. I'm delighted to share the Gospel. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done wrong. We've all messed up. And our sin has separated us from a holy God. But God loves us so much. He said, listen, I don't want to leave you in your sin. I'm going to give you my Son. And Jesus came and He became a man. Perfect God, perfect man joined together in the flesh. He lived a perfect life, never sinning. And then He voluntarily, willingly, gave Himself to be nailed to a cross to shed His precious blood and to take our sin upon Himself. He died. He was buried. But He rose again victorious, the resurrection. And He lives forevermore. And the Bible says that if you will... Repent of your sin. That is, turn from your sin. Say, I don't want my sin anymore. I want to get forgiveness for my sin. I'm sorry for my sin. If you repent of your sin and you trust Jesus and Jesus alone for your salvation, if you'll call out to Him, the Bible says that He will forgive you of all your sin. He'll wash you pure and clean. He'll make you a child of the King. He'll make you an heir and join heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll give you a home in heaven. He'll give you new life. And you'll spend eternity with the Lord Jesus. And that's just as simple as it is. 
You have to turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ. And I invite you to do that today. You've never done that. If you're not sure you've done that, I invite you to do it today. To just call out to the Lord and say, I don't want my sin anymore. I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to Jesus Christ. And that is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. So how do we make disciples? Well, we make them, first of all, by going. That is, as we're going, we share the Gospel. And when someone responds to the Gospel and they place their faith in Jesus Christ, um, the next step for that person is to publicly identify with the Lord Jesus. So we make disciples not only by going and sharing the Gospel, but then by baptizing those who've responded in faith. If you notice it says, that, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, immersing people in water is not our idea. It's not the idea that some people got together years ago and said, hey, let's do something interesting. Let's get a, a, a pool of water and those who trust Jesus, let's dip them in that water. This is not man's idea. This is God's idea. The Lord Jesus told us to do this. And beloved, it's a public testimony. The person who's being baptized is saying to everybody that sees them get baptized, listen, I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me. I'm a child of God. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm going to publicly declare my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's interesting. It tells us specifically how to do this. It says, baptize them in the name. Notice that singular. The name. And then it mentions the Trinity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is the God, the great three in one. As someone noted in believers' baptism, Christians publicly identify themselves with the triune Godhead, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They acknowledge that God is their Father, Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, and that the Holy Spirit is the one who indwells them and empowers them and teaches them and matures them and changes them. And so the reason we do what we do is because Jesus said to do it. He not only said to do it, He even modeled it for us. He submitted Himself to baptism. And He had never sinned and never did sin. And yet He submitted Himself to baptism. And so He says, listen, I want you to go and share the Gospel to make disciples. And when someone responds in faith, when they cry out to Me, when they are born again, when they're saved, the first thing I want them to do is I want them to identify with Me publicly. I want them to be baptized. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But then we find it doesn't stop there. Just go therefore and make disciples of all the nations so everybody, everywhere, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And notice verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. So we make disciples by going. As you're going, share the Gospel. When people respond in faith, baptize them. And then by teaching. By teaching. You see, it's not enough to get someone saved and then get them wet. We've got to help them to grow. And Jesus said, I want you to teach them what? 
all things that He commanded. Now, let me ask you a question. Where do we find what Jesus commands? We find it in this book, in the Word of God. And so we're supposed to teach disciples, followers of Jesus, the Word of God. Now, I hope if you've been around here any amount of time that it's evident to you that our focus in teaching and preaching here, whether it's Sunday school, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, revival, or any time, our focus is not upon the greatest bestseller of the times. It's not upon the great philosophical works of our times. It's not upon what some man has written. It is based upon the inspired, inerrant, infallible, authoritative Word of God that God the Holy Spirit breathed. It's God breathed. He used human authors, but so superintendent that He gave us the perfect Word of God. And we believe this book from cover to cover, and I even believe the cover where it says Holy Bible. And this is the focus that we have. Because we're to teach people, teach disciples, followers of Jesus, all that Jesus has commanded. And we don't find that out yonder somewhere. We find it right here in the Word of God. And why? Because it's through the Word of God that these disciples, these followers can grow. And they can mature. And they can become the men and women of God that God desires them to be. But I want you to notice something. And don't miss this. This is teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. It's not the idea, well, I just, I just noticed that. It means teach them to obey what I've commanded them and what I've taught. It's not just enough to know. We've got to obey. It's not just enough to know. We've got to do. Sad to say, so many Christians, they just have so much information and so much knowledge and there's just, there's just like walking Bible encyclopedias. But beloved, it's not enough just to cram your mind full of knowledge. You've got to do what the Lord says to do. You've got to translate that into action. Now this is pretty straightforward so far, right? We make disciples, followers of Jesus, by going, that is, as we're going through life, as we're going about our path, we're going to share the gospel. When they respond in faith, we are going to help them to realize their need of baptism. We baptize them publicly as they identify with the Lord Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Then we teach them what Jesus has commanded through the Bible. And we teach them not only the information, but also teach them to obey what Jesus has said. And then can I just add another one to, you, to your list? We make disciples by going, by baptizing, by teaching, and then by trusting. He said, well, where is that in the passage? Well, look back at the beginning of what Jesus says in verse 18. Verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all power. And as we're going about to make disciples, as we're going about to share our faith, we have to trust Him. Trust Him. Not only trust His power, but also trust His presence. Did you notice the end of verse 20? After He says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, notice what He says next. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. 
You see, as we're going about making disciples, as we're going about sharing our faith and living for Christ and helping people to see their need of Christ, we don't have to go in fear. We don't have to feel alone because Jesus has all power. And furthermore, Jesus is always present with us. And so we want to trust Him to do the work. We cannot change hearts. I just want you to get that down. As you seek to share the Gospel, as you seek to share your faith, beloved, you cannot change anybody's heart. Only God can change people's hearts. Our job is not to change people's hearts. Our job is to share the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do that, you're obedient. If you do that, you're successful. Whether they obey or not, whether they respond or not in faith, Because we can't save anybody. Only God can save them. And so we go forth trusting Him. Trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to work in the hearts and lives. And so it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? We make disciples by going, by baptizing, by teaching, by trusting. But then can I add one more? And I'd say it this way, by continuing. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, what I mean by that is this is an ongoing process. We never outgrow doing this. In other words, it's not, as I said earlier, a once and done. Well, I'm going to go make a disciple and I'm done. You know? No. It's as you're going, while you're going. As long as you're living and going, you're to be making disciples. And so we continue this process of going, baptizing and teaching, going, baptizing and teaching, going, baptizing and teaching. And the emphasis here, beloved, is to realize that as we do that, as we make disciples, those disciples also make disciples. And then those disciples are to make other disciples. And those disciples are to make other disciples. You see how the process works. It's a cycle unending, ongoing. As you make disciples, they make disciples, and they make disciples, and then they make disciples, and they make disciples. But at the same time, you're still making disciples. But now you've got a new group making disciples, and they've got a new group making disciples. And by the way, that's how we're here today. Because somebody spoke to you about Christ. And somebody shared the gospel with you. And somebody helped you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And can I just ask you this? Aren't you glad they did? Aren't you glad they didn't say, well, you know, that might be for some people, but that's not for me. No, they invested in your life. I was reading a a book just, it might have been last night, it was recent, talking about um, people in positions of leadership and talking about the fact that Oftentimes, people who really exercise leadership in your life have no formal position. They just influenced your life. They may have had a formal position, but oftentimes, God will bring somebody in your life. It may have been a Sunday school teacher when you were growing up. It it may have been a Christian coach. It may have been an older man or woman in the church. It may have been a neighbor. It may have been whoever it is that spoke to you about your need of Christ. And they influenced your life. And they shared Christ with you. And they discipled you. And they encouraged you. And they helped you. Maybe they spoke to you about placing your faith in Christ. And they talked to you about baptism. It probably was several people throughout your journey of faith. Well, see, you're to play that role in somebody else's life. I don't know about you, but it's kind of exciting to me to realize that God has called us as believers to be involved in something 
that lives long after we do here. In fact, it lives for all eternity. You realize you help one person come to faith in Jesus Christ, you've changed their eternal destiny forever. That's pretty exciting. We do this by continuing, but not only in making disciples, but I, I mean by continuing in being a disciple. Because none of us have arrived. There's never going to be a day here, beloved, upon the earth, where we're going to say, you know what? Got the Bible mastered. Got it all down. This book is inexhaustible. You cannot. You know, the Bible is a wonderful book. You know why? Because the smallest child can wade out. Right there as the waves are crashing in a Bible truth. They can wade out and they can be blessed. But it's deep enough to where you'll never, ever reach the bottom. You can swim forever in the ocean of the Word of God. You never reach a point you say, well, I've got it all. This morning I was challenged in our adult classes. We were discussing. It was a good discussion. Making me think about things I've never thought about before or never heard from that angle before. Because this book is inexhaustible. And so what I mean by continuing is the fact that we are still a disciple and we're always a disciple here. We're a follower of Jesus. And not only are we out making disciples and helping people know the gospel and, and helping them to get baptized and become members of the church and so forth, but also in growing on our own and helping... Allowing the Lord to teach us to observe all that He's commanded and obey. We're still to be obedient to the commands of Christ. We're to learn to follow Jesus Christ in every area of our lives. And that's a process and that's an ongoing thing. And so I say today, beloved, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that there is plenty of room on board the good ship discipleship. The question is, are you on board? Let's pray. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want to ask you real quickly, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you a follower of Christ? Are you saved? Do you know that you're saved? Are you sure that you're saved? Are you certain that if you were to die today, you'd open your eyes in heaven? If not, friend, can I just encourage you, challenge you, place your faith in Jesus Christ alone. And then, if that's settled, are you growing in your discipleship? Are you obedient? Are you following the Lord in these areas of your life? And then furthermore, are you actively seeking to make disciples? Before we pray, and your heads are bowed and your eyes closed, I, I know that some of you are sitting there probably thinking, well, this is so simple. He didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. I could have given that message. And that's probably true. But can I just tell you something? Common knowledge doesn't mean common practice. And it's not enough just to know we're supposed to obey and do. So what is God speaking to your heart about this morning? Father, I pray that if 
someone here does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, this will be the moment, this will be the hour where they turn from their sin and place their faith in Jesus Christ alone. And then for those who are followers, Lord, speak to our hearts and let us know exactly what it is we need to do business with you about. Have your will and your way in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our invitation hymn before we transition to the Lord's Supper is 275. All to Jesus I surrender. The altar is open today. If you need to be saved, we'd love to help you with that. If you want to come and pray, we'd love to help you with that. But as we stand and sing, we would invite you. The altar is open. 275. I surrender all. Let's stand together and sing.